Well, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I've been doing this for a long time, and that's about the prettiest bunch of senior girls I've ever seen in my life. Man, I don't know. That, and, and guys, y'all are good looking too. I, you know, I don't mean no disrespect. But that's a beautiful bunch of girls. Amen? Show some love for them once again. <clears throat> now, I, I just want to say that uh, to you all, Clark and Kelsey have been so blessed by you all. It's true. You all have been the center and the topic of many of our conversations. And they've been blessed and you've been blessed. And, and, and you're doing great. You've, you've, you're making a name for yourself. Okay, and, and I just want to encourage you, and that's what we're going to talk about today is our name. And your name travels with you everywhere you go. It's who you are. It, with your name goes your nature, goes your character, your identity. You can never leave it. So you've got to be careful with it. You've got to protect it. And you all are doing fine. Uh, you're, you're here. You're, you're not in jail. That's a win. Okay, uh, uh, you're graduating, but you have a, your whole life ahead of you, and your name is going to go with you. So we just want to talk about the day, about how important the name is. And our prayer for you is that you enjoy all that life's journey has for you. We want you to grab all of it that there is. We want you to give all, uh, all that you can to it. But that only happens in the, in the circle where God is at. So you got to keep him at the center of it and all those things happen. Now... As we talk about graduation and we talk about being a senior in your name, uh, this is true for all of us. You know, it's Senior Recognition Day. You know, what do you, what do you preach about? Well, I'm an expository preacher. I preach in Exodus. <laughs> We're going to stay in Exodus. And it's for seniors. And it's for you. You see, your name is very important. And everywhere you go, everything you say, and everything you do, seniors and all of us, um, contributes to the definition of your name. And we have to be careful with it because there's an enemy of your name. John 10, 10 says that the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus says that I come to give you life more abundantly. But you have an enemy. It's an enemy against the character of who you are, against your name, against your life. And it's true for all of us. And so it's important that we, that we pay attention to it and that we, uh, that we do the best we can with it. Because we all know people that when the, th that name comes up, it invokes a, a response. You know, you hear that name, hey, do you know, you know Jimmy? And it's this, yeah, I know Jimmy. Or it's like, hey, you know Jimmy? Yeah, I know Jimmy, okay? It, it invokes a response. And then later, one day you'll probably have children, and you'll be trying to determine what you're going to name your child, and that name will come up. Oh, we're not naming our child Jimmy. Well, no, no, we may name our cat Jimmy, but we're not naming our son or daughter Jimmy. Okay, hey, this name or, you know, it, this name just means something great. So you have to be careful with it. Now, and, and, and you all are doing great. You really are. And I, and I want to I just tell you how proud we are of you. And, but you have a big future and you got to protect it. So I was thinking about this whole name. Proverbs is very clear about our name. This is what it says. Proverbs 22.1 says, A good name is to be chosen rather than great wealth. Good favor more than silver or gold, so your name matters. Everybody just say this with me. Your name matters. If you agree that's true, say amen. Well, it does. So I did a little research. Honestly, I didn't even know this was out there. You can, everybody's name has a meaning. They poll people from all over the world and determine what these mean from different nations, okay? And so this is what I found out. I'll start with myself. I'm not picking on anybody. I didn't make any of these up. These are real, okay? And so first I'm going to do mine. My name is Joel. By definition, on names.org, this is what it says. 
Yahweh is God. <laughs> Boom, nailed it. <laughs> nailed it, okay? Now, I don't think my parents knew that's what it meant or they would have selected another name, okay? But that's what it means. I knocked it out of the park, okay? So then I went to Kendra. It's only fair, okay? Kendra's name means wise and knowledgeable woman. Pretty cool. She teaches calculus at Anderson County High School. Pretty cool. I mean, it's not Yahweh, it's God, but it's okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay? So I did, went a little further. Clark, my son-in-law, our youth pastor, his name means learned man. The Lord has given. Well, he's in school right now, so it's fitting. I looked up Kelsey, a ship of victory and brave. And then I looked up our senior graduates. Okay? So let's just listen to these. Keep in mind, this is straight from the straight from the website. And I got it off of uh, the internet, so you know it's accurate. Okay. So first is Jacob. That's a good name. God protects one who never gives up. Uh. Then we have Gracie. Okay. We would know this one makes sense. Forgiveness and unmerited favor. You got to love some Gracie, right? Okay. And then we go on. We got Megan. Megan means strong, capable, pearl of fire, with cool boots. Now, the last part, I just added that because she's got some cool boots on. Uh, but, but that's what it said. Okay, the cool boots, I, I added that. Okay, and then we got chase. Chase means hunter, brave, and caring. And then we got Gavin. This one, this, this one didn't hit the radar. I didn't see this one coming. Gavin means great white hawk of May. That's a good name for a pale face, I'm just telling you. You know what I'm saying? And then we got Connor. I don't know about this one. Connor, where's Connor at? Oh, there he is. You ready? Probably didn't know this. Lover of hounds and wolves. <laughs> Talk to your mom and daddy. I didn't name you, okay? And then we have Caroline, beautiful and strong. We've got Caleb, loyal and brave. And then I don't know if you know it, but we have triplets here. And so the triplets' names are Braden. Braden means great warrior. Yeah, you like that. You're like, yeah, that's me. Okay. And you have McKenna, love, joy, one who ascends. That's good. You got Reese, fiery and enthusiastic, a gift from God. Not only do we have triplets in the church, we have twins in the church. And so one of the twins is Willow, the one that plays the guitar up here. And Willow means graceful, elegant, slender, and flowing. Isn't that appropriate? It's good. And I saved the best for last. The last one, the one we hadn't mentioned yet, is Walker. Walker is someone, or listen, I make this up, someone who walks a lot and is really slow. <laughs> and he's going to be the quarterback at Carson Newman College. This is why he's not the running back at Carson Newman. My advice to him would be stay in the pocket and just walk around till somebody gets open. Okay? Now, I didn't make these up. Okay? And now, now, here's the thing. We all have a name, and, and some of us like our name, and, and, and some of y'all are going to go home and look yourself up. Okay? You know you are. And, and, and maybe you'll be, you'll be like a proud moment, like, yeah, brave warrior. Yeah, walk a lot. You know, I'm proud. And maybe you're not. And maybe even today, You've got a name that's been with you your whole life, and it will be until you die, and you just are not happy, fired up about your name. Well, the good news is your name only sticks with you now 
uh, and you get a new name. If you're born again, if Jesus has rescued you from you and you've been sealed in the Holy Spirit and you're going to heaven when you die, when you get to heaven, you get a new name. It's kind of cool. Revelation chapter 2 says this, To the one who conquers, I will give him some of the hidden manna. And I will give him a white stone, and on the, that stone will be written a new name that no one can understand except the one who receives it. You'll have a name that for all of eternity future will not be tarnished by the stain of sin because we will live in heaven, which is a sinless environment. So we get a new name one day that, that, that the Lord Jesus, I guess, gives us, and so it's really cool. So the name is a big deal, and so we get it. Names matter. So everybody just say this out loud. The name matters. And it does. And so as I said before, when it comes to occasions like senior recognition or any other occasion on the map or the radar, uh, I'm, I preach expository sermons. I preach through books, and we're in Exodus. And you're like, what are you going to say to seniors, something that's applicable and helpful to them, out of the book of Exodus? Well, it's, it's, it's pretty easy because we're in the Ten Commandments. You see, right in the middle of the book of Exodus, there's 40-something chapters, and chapter 20 has got the Ten Commandments. And we've talked about it. The first four are vertical. That's how we act with God. And the last six are horizontal. That's how we deal with everybody else. Jesus summed it up in the great commandment. He said, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, numbers one through four. Love your neighbor as yourself, numbers five through ten. And so we learn in this thing today what we just said a minute ago, the name matters. So commandment number three is right here. Exodus 20, that's where we are. Exodus 20, verse 7, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold guiltless anyone who takes his name in vain. So how can we tell seniors, you need to guard your name. You need to protect yourself. Your integrity, your character, your definition goes with you. Why? Because the God who created us has a name. And his name is uh, to be revered and honored and cared for and protected. Because just like the enemy hates your name and what you stand for, the enemy hates God's name and what he stands for. Now we've talked about, uh, I'm trying to help you learn the Ten Commandments. So number one, everybody put up one finger. Everybody say, one God. Everybody put up two fingers. Everybody say, two is too many. Everybody put up three fingers. Now watch this. The Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. And it makes a W, right? And here's the commandment. Watch what you say about them. Okay? Everybody say, watch what you say about them. So now we know the first three commandments. That's where we're going. So we're going to unpack what it means to watch what we say and not use the Lord's name in vain. And I'm just going to be candid with you. Some of y'all are going to be mad at me. You're going to be hating on the preacher. And I'll feel it. I'll see it in your expression, but it's okay. I got plenty of it in the early service, so I'm already conditioned. Now, tucked away in these commandments is, is, this, is this number three. And the reason, the, the reason we don't like today is because of all of the commandments, this one is probably the one that most of us has, have violated the most. And maybe inadvertently. Maybe we're not even aware that we did it. But today, as a preacher, I just want us to know what it means when Exodus chapter 20, verse 7 says, this is my name, and don't use it in vain. Number one on the back of your life guide, okay? 
Number one on the back of your life guide is this, defining the name. Well, first of all, he says in verse 7, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God. He begins by identifying who we're not supposed to use without reverence, who we're, whose name we're supposed to, uh, not supposed to use just casually or flippantly, okay? And so it pays for us to know who he is because sometimes we say his name and we really don't really uh, 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 think about the greatness of his name. So he tells us we don't have to define God. We, we, we don't have to imagine the greatness of God. He tells us in Scripture. From Genesis to Revelation and all in between, he tells us all about himself. And so here's, he begins in Exodus chapter 3, verse 13. You'll remember it from when we covered it. He said, God said to Moses, I am that I am. And he said, you must say this to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, you must say this to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you, and this is my name forever. He, he begins to give a self-revelation. He tells us the greatness and the glory and the holiness and the spectacularness of his name. And often we don't use it that way. We see, he never backs off. You keep reading scripture, you get to Isaiah chapter 44. Among many, it says this in verse 6, I am the first and I am the last. There is no God but me. Who is like me? Let him make his claim. Yahweh is self-existent. He's self-defining. He is a sovereign God who declares his own personal holiness. He says, I am, I was, I will be forever. And he says, he says, you know what? I searched the depths of the ocean floor and I casually and routinely visit all of the constellations of the universe. And this is what I've found out. There's no other God but me. I am God all by myself. That's what he says. And he wants you to know that. The world looks for other gods. The world wants to imagine other gods. The world wants to take things against commandment to and raise them up and make them God. And God says, I am forever God. And there's nothing out there that can claim to be God and speak the truth. In Exodus chapter 34, God goes on. And he says, the Lord passed by him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger God, abounding in loyal love God, faithful God, keeping loyal love for thousands God, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin God. He continues just to unpack the nature and the character of his name. Students, as graduates, that's why it's so important. Your name carries that with it. When somebody thinks of you, they think of something. They just do. They, there's something that rises up, and it will always be that way. And so you have, just like God, you have to protect your name. Now, God doesn't suggest the character of his name. God's not here to argue or debate the character of his name. God's not seeking affirmation about the character of his name. God is proclaiming. He is declaring. He's driving a stake in it. says, this is who I am, and I will never move. If you understand this, if you get this, you'll always have it, and you can tether yourself to the greatness of his name. That's what he's warning us about. That's what he's telling. Now, now, as much as he tells us, there's things we don't know. You see, there's mystery connected to his name. Just like we, there were mysteries connected to your all's name until I told you what the mystery was today. Now you know the rest of the story, okay? 
There's a mystery connected to God's name. And, and here it is. In the Bible, we have four letters. Y-H-W-H. That's what the scribes wrote. They're all consonants. There's no, there's no vowels, okay? So we have to kind of fill in the blanks. We have to put letters in there to make sense of it. Now, why are there letters left out? Because his name is that holy to somebody who gets him well. You see, a Jewish scribe was afraid, reverentially afraid, to write God's name. So when it came to a place in life, they see the Lord, they see God, they're like, I'm, they would go and they would ceremonially cleanse themselves. They would pray. They would get a fresh quill or writing instrument. They would go sit down and they would start writing the name and they would leave a letter out because they were so afraid. So we get Y-H-W-H. Now, so what we do is we add letters to it to help us. We, we add the A and the E and we get Yahweh for God. Or we add an E, an O, and an A and we get Yehovah, Jehovah. So there's a mystery to the greatness of his name. So hopefully you begin to understand, well, huh, I never really thought of it that way. Have you ever really thought of it that way? Or let me, let me back up. Do you regularly think of God's name that way or probably not? If not, just say not, not. Thank you, you four honest people. <laughs> Throughout God's word, he continues to define himself. 350 names he gives to himself that he ascribes to his nature. Now, I'm not going to cover 350. I'm going to cover 10 real briefly. Here they are. Jehovah Sid Canoe, the Lord is our righteousness. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is our peace. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is our banner. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is present. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord is our provider. Jehovah Raphia, the Lord, the healer. Jehovah Mekedish, the Lord, the sanctifier. Jehovah Elion, the Lord most high. Jehovah Raha, the Lord is my shepherd. Jehovah Hosinu, the Lord is our maker, creator. Now here's what's amazing about God. When he identifies himself with one of those, out of the 350 he gives to himself, he never sacrifices the integrity of any of those other names while fulfilling the nature of the one he just mentioned. Now, what does that even mean? Okay, my name is Joel. I am happy. Now, while I'm happy, I cannot be. I am Joel, and I'm sad. I can't be both places at one time. God is all of those. At the same time, listen to me, he never disappoints in fulfilling the full nature of who he says he is with all of those names. No matter what he's calling himself in the moment, he is always all of the other things at the same time. So this is why, this is why out of 613 mitzvahs, which are laws in the first five books of the Bible, the Torah, out of 613, don't say my name in vain, rolls in at number three on the hit list. Why? Because the name matters. And if you think your name matters, you better know that God's name matters. Now, that's mostly Old Testament. What about the New Testament? He never backs up on the value of his name. Watch this. In the New Testament, about Matthew chapter 6, 
The disciples have been observing Jesus. And when Jesus prayed to God, stuff happened, okay? When Jesus started praying, the disciples noticed, man, he's like, like heaven comes down. Like he's talking to God. They didn't know yet that he was God. And it's serious. We feel the vibe of it, you know? I mean, the hair is standing up on our arms. This is serious. And so they asked Jesus, Matthew chapter 6, hey, Rabbi, will you teach us how to pray? And Jesus said this, pray this way. You ready? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You know what Jesus said? You get his name right before you even start praying. You begin to understand and and begin to dive into the depth of who he is, the vastness of your God. Because if you get his name right, if you elevate it and keep it holy in your life, heaven and earth changes. He says, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. Listen, when we get God right in our life, it changes our circle Heaven comes down. The kingdom comes down. The will of God begins to happen. Now hear me well. This is not prosperity gospel that if I, if I get his name right, I can rub my bottle and a genie's going to pop out and he can do what I want. No. When we get God's name right, it puts us in a position to let God do what he wants to do in our life. And we can trust him. Why? Because of the character and the nature of his name. Now, what does it mean to say, Hallowed be thy name? What does that even mean? The Greek word is hagiadzo. It means holy, set apart, consecrated, and pure. It is the most common adjective connected to, to God in all the Bible. Holy, set apart, and perfect. And so we need to learn to make much of the name of God. Amen? Now, okay, so we got the first part. He says, uh, he says not to say the Lord thy God. He, he's referring to himself. We've defined him. Now he goes on. He says don't say that name in vain. Point number two on the back of your life, God, is this. Disrespecting the name. How do we disrespect the name? Well, it's simple. He says don't say. He says you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Just don't say it in vain. That's easy enough. We can move on to the next one. Wrong. Because we choke on this. We are a total failure at keeping his name, Hagiadzo, holy and set apart. Vain use of his name means what? It means, in the Hebrew, the word is shav. S-H-A-W-V. Shav. Now, what does it mean to not shav his name or to use his name in vain? By definition, are you ready to listen? Some of y'all are going to get upset with me here in just a few minutes. Just hang on. I'll, get, I'll give you a chance to be mad. To malign, to dishonor, devalue his greatness and his glory. To use his name carelessly, meaninglessly, or to connect it with things of no value. To be associated with deceitfulness, deception, emptiness, falsehood, and that which is without worth. Now, what he's saying is his name stands alone. Don't connect it to anything of no value. Don't use it in reference to anything of no value. Don't use it without significance and value. And it's not a great big ask of God for him to say, don't use my name in vain. It's common to us. We're already familiar with that. Listen, I'll give you an example. If I decide to go into the hamburger business, and I want to make a two-patty hamburger to sell 
to the market. I made a list of things I could use to sell this product. I could call this two patty burger a heart stopper. I could call it a belly flopper. I could call it a toilet hopper. But you know what I can't call it? A double whopper. You know why? Because that name is already taken. That name is already assigned to something else. It's established its place. It has a history and a character and a nature that goes with that product. And so we stay away from it. And what happens if we don't honor that name? We will find ourselves standing in front of a judge in a courtroom for not honoring that name. And so if, if it's important that we don't devalue or degrade or disrespect just names in Generally speaking, don't you know that if God's going to call it commandment three, take my name serious, he's serious. He's serious. And so I can make a big deal out of the name of God and how we use it because God has made a big deal about his name and how we use it. So I want to show you four ways that we choke on this commandment. I want to show you four ways that we disrespect his name. Number one, profanity. Profanity. Now, profanity is when we use God's great name in an application that does not give honor and reverence. It is considered profanity, which is using God's name in vain. People profane the name of God typically when they're angry, surprised, or hurt. Now, an example. When we were building this building, I walked in the front door, and there was a guy. I don't know what he was working on, but half of his body was below the ceiling on a ladder, and the upper half of his body was up in the ceiling. And I heard this commotion. And then he said, as loud as he could, I suppose, the name Jesus Christ. That's profanity. Now, if, what, what do I do in that case? <laughs> I went over and said, hey, don't blame Jesus. He didn't do it. He said, sorry, See, he wasn't thinking, and that's what we do. And you say, well, I've never done that. I think in a minute maybe you have, and we'll see. So saying the name of Jesus in a derogatory or degrading way. Why? Because the last name God gave for himself is in the New Testament, and that name is Jesus. So whether we say God's name in vain, whether we say Jesus' name in vain, it's all the same. So we disrespect God's name by using his name in profanity. Now, typically, when we say, you said God's name in vain, usually it's because it's connected to another word. And just to be candid, we use God as an expression to damn things to hell in this world. People, innate objects, that's what we do. And when we hear somebody put those words together, we think that is saying God's name in vain. I mean, that's the biggie. That's number three. And going down for that one, right? You see, it is offensive, but it's just one of many ways. You see, to say God's name in vain, no matter what flavor it is, it's still a sin. And a sin is when we miss the mark, when we don't hit the target. It's a term for an archer who misses the, the, the center of the target. So no matter what form of vanity is, we have to be careful. So let's look at the second one. Perjury is another way to say God's name in vain. This is when you swear under oath. When you swear under oath, this is saying God's name in vain. Now, I didn't know this, but when I was growing up, if somebody was cussing, they said, that guy swears all the time. And I, I never could put two and two together. That's where it came from. When we say cussing and we use the word swearing, it's because it's swearing and then lying. Now, when I was growing up, 
I was raised by two great Christian parents and, and they taught me and my brothers, do not, I mean, they said, do not use God's name in vain. But here's what they said, do not swear. You, you cannot swear. And so we, we, we would try to skirt or skate around it a little bit. So what would we say? I'd swear if I could. Anybody in here say, ever said, I'd swear if I could? Three of us, okay, that's good, that's all I need. And if that wasn't good enough, my brothers then would say this, you can't swear, but do you promise on a Bible? Anybody ever said, anybody ever been asked you if you promise on a Bible? I promise on a Bible. This is the world I lived in. We, we, we graduated from that. This is what we'd say, do you, do, you, do you swear? No, I can't swear, okay. Do you promise on a Bible? Yeah, I, I ain't making this up. Do you promise on a stack of Bibles? as tall as the Empire State Building? Anybody ever do that or just us idiots? Okay, you had, I mean, this is saying, I I don't want a Bible. I'm I'm going in deep on the truth. I want all the translations. I want the KGV and the NKGV and the NASB and the NET and the NIV. I want them all because I'm I'm promising on all of them because I can't swear. So I got to go big, I'm diving in big. No, we don't, listen, that's what we do. We we perverted it to keep, just to, okay. Some of y'all looking at me like, that guy's an idiot. Okay, anybody ever do a pinky promise? Raise your hand and be honest in church. Shame on every one of y'all. It's worse than the Empire State Building. (laughs) Anybody ever said this? Cross my fingers, hope to die, stick a needle in my eye. You have lost your mind. Who says that? That's what we do. That's what we do. See, we're all just, and we don't even think about it. Meanwhile, meanwhile, God says, stop all of that. Just say yes and say no because it's one thing to perjure yourself or to lie to a friend, an acquaintance, a relationship, or mankind. But it's another thing to take an oath and say, I swear. I swear to the Lord. I swear to God, whatever we say. And then to not tell. And here's the problem. We don't always know the full truth. We convey it. But what we're sharing is truth is jaded based on how we see our world. And so we're at risk. So God says, don't do it. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 33, says, do not break an oath, but fulfill your vows to the Lord. 37 says this, let your word be yes, yes, or no, no. More than this is from the evil one. We don't have to swear. We don't have to promise on a stack of Bibles. Just say yes, say no, tell the truth all the time. And if somebody chooses not to believe you telling the truth, that's not on you. That's on the next person. And in doing so, we are not uh, perjuring ourselves before God. See, and this is the worst one. I just warn you. If you think maybe in the next five to ten minutes you're going to need to go to the bathroom or go check on your children or eat a sandwich or go to, you know, whatever, check your car, see if anybody stole it, just go ahead and get up now. Because if you get up while I'm saying this, we're going to look at you and say, "Mm mm-hmm, guilty. Okay? The third way that we use God's name in vain falls in the category of frivolity. To use his name frivolously, easy for me to say. Uh, This is a lack of seriousness, lighthearted, uncaring use of the name that we defined in point number one. You see, when you have a fresh encounter of who God's name represents, all of a sudden, then we, we can't use it in a frivolous way. When God's name becomes common or casual or comfortable, we're at risk of using his name in vain. 
okay, let's talk about examples. Let's just get mad. You ready? Example number one. Hey, when you pray, tell the man upstairs to remember me. Vain. We're not to refer to the God of the universe as the man upstairs. Sure, we pray through Jesus, who is the son of man, okay? But we don't pray to the man upstairs. Number two, you say, whew, dodged a bullet. Never said that one before. Have you ever put a sign for a loved one in your yard that says, Lordy, Lordy, Tony's 40? That's using his name in vain. God's name doesn't go on a yard sign about somebody's birthday. Now, you know that. You know I'm telling the truth. If you agree that I'm telling the truth and you get it now, say amen. Okay. What about the third one? Did you, did you hear the, the joke about the lawyer and the Jew who stood before God? God doesn't go in a joke, but we do it. And his name should not be in that kind of casual atmosphere. What about this one for you old people? Burning Love by Elvis Presley. Lord Almighty, I feel my temperature rising. He's sung that all over the world for 40 years now. And every time, that is saying God's name in vain. And let's not forget, the most frivolous, the most common way to use God's name frivolously in vain. Here it is. Oh, my God. Or smathered all over every hashtag and social media post and text message around the world with these three letters of acronym OMG. Smathered. The enemy hates God's name. And he'll do anything to bring it down. Now, right now is where I'm just feeling the love. I feel it. Y'all are thinking, that is so right. No, I'm not feeling the love. I'm feeling who died and left you to be the judge. I'm not judging anybody. I'm a preacher of the word of God. And God says his name is important. You know what that means I have to do? I have to help us be reminded that his name is is important and you're thinking right now I don't mean the word God in there it means oh my gosh that's what y'all are thinking or oh my goodness that's what I meant well Romans 3 says you ain't got no goodness just for the record so what are you talking about and secondly what is your gosh who is your gosh we're going to talk about that in just a second because we're going to nail this thing down now God said his name matters It matters. I'm going to help you out. I looked it up. I looked up the word gosh. You know what it means? Used, a word used as a euphemism for God. Okay, what's a euphemism? (laughs) A euphemism is a mild or indirect word or expression substituted for one considered to be too harsh or too blunt to use. So because we don't want to be harsh, because we don't want to come across too unchristian, we've somehow moved a couple letters around and still sound like we're saying what's acceptable to world culture, which is, oh, my God. Only we say, oh, my gosh, listen to me. We just defined the name of God. 
There is not a euphemism or an acronym or anything else that can replace his name. His name stands alone. It means nothing but him. It's to be used for nothing but nothing else but for him. So moving forward, I just want us to consider changing the way we do things and never compromise the glory and the holiness of his name. I'm going to help you next time you put a post. Instead of putting OMG, you ready? Put OMB. Oh, my Buddha. If you want to, say, oh, my little chubby naked Buddha at the Asian restaurant. You know, the one where you cash it out and there's a little chubby man's, you know, and he's got like a toothpick in his ear or something. I don't know. Okay. You can do that. That's not saying God's name in vain because Buddha's not a, not a God. Or just say OMS, oh, myself. Okay. Because you're not a God. And if you really want to get rid of just say, oh, my devil. And you, I'd never say that because that implies that the devil is with me. Well, what's the difference between the devil being with you and gosh being with you? And so now we get the point. When we define his name well, we, it changes the way we view profaning or saying God's name in vain. Now, I, don't, I want to be real clear. I want you to listen real close. I want to be real clear. I don't judge anybody for what they do or what they say. Judge Jesus is our judge. He's the only one with the gavel, the holy gavel, and the righteous robe, okay? So I wrote this down. I want you to listen closely just to make the point. I do not judge anybody in here for acronyms or euphemisms. And if I don't judge any of you SOBs for it, you can't freaking judge me. Oh, shh, shh, listen to me. You can't freaking judge me for it either because that would be straight up BS. Okay, is that fair? What are you laughing? What are you? SOBs is saints or backsliders. That's what all y'all are. Oh, you thought I meant that other acronym? Shame on, I'm a preacher. Shame on you. Shame on you all. I wouldn't say anything like that. And freaking, you can look, look it up in the dictionary. It's just a, a, a word used for excitement. And as for the BS, that stands for bad speculation about what I meant with this whole phrase. And all of a sudden, you bunch of judgmental people just now understood how important euphemisms and acronyms are. Because you don't know what I mean by it. So you interpret what I put and then assign that to me. So when you put an OMG, nobody knows what you mean. Nobody knows what you mean. When you use words that are out of color or context because they sound like a word that's profane, people hear you and they begin, we talked about it in the beginning, whatever you say, your name gets assigned to it. And we have to be careful. So people begin to assign these things to our name. And I want you to know for the record, there's no acronyms. There's no euphemisms for the name of our God. Our God whispered us into existence out of nothing. Ex nihilo. Out of nothing at all, he created everything that is. That same God watched us walk away from him in rebellion. 
That same God wrapped himself in humanity, left the glory and splendor of heaven, and came to this earth and lived a perfect, sinless life for 33 years, only so he would be qualified to lay down on a criminal's cross and bleed to death to forgive us, to demonstrate his love for us. And that God deserves awe. And that God deserves uh, appreciation. And that God deserves reverential fear and not just throwing his name around like we do. The name matters. At the end of the day, we need to reprogram ourselves in how we use his name. And I have to too. We need to save his name for prayer. We need to save his name for praise. We need to save his his name for preaching. We need to save his name for all only proper use of his name. Ephesians 4, 29 says, you must let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth, but only what is beneficial for the building up of the one in need, that it would give grace to those who hear. Profanity, perjury, frivolity, number four, hypocrisy. Now, the word hypocrite in the Bible is a word that's very real to the Greek culture. They knew it. An actor, like we see on the movies or in a play, they were called hypocrites because they would be this person in real life. They'd put a mask on and they would act like somebody else in the drama or in the play or the production. And so that's where the word hypocrisy comes from. So how is this using God's name in vain? Well, if I ask, I do it every Sunday, you know, are you saved, you know, in some level? And most of us say we're Christian. Well, if we say we are a Christian, it means we identify with Jesus Christ. Well, if we say we are a Christian and we identify with Jesus as his ambassador and we live like the devil, we have just played the part of the hypocrite. And when we do that, we have used his name in vain. Acts chapter 11 verse 26 says, Now it was in Antioch that the disciples were first called Christian. And so we, we have to be careful not to straddle the fence and act like, oh, I'm a Christian on Sunday. Oh, I'm the devil on Monday. That's using God's name in vain because we, we claim his name, but we don't even remotely attempt to live up to it. You see it sometimes. A, a superstar will get an award on, te- on a, a, some kind of a ceremony and they'll, they'll bring God into the equation and you watch their life or listen to their music or hear what they say and it's no, nothing about it that's godly. Or you'll see a politician will invoke God's name and then make decisions to change the nation that are ungodly. That's using God's name in vain. I'll give you a good one. This is current. In California, Governor Gavin Newsom unveiled his plan for a billboard advertising campaign inviting women to travel to his state to have their abortions. This is what the billboard is to say. Need an abortion? California is ready to help. And then he's got underneath it, Mark chapter 12, verse 31. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater commandment than this. That's using God's name in vain. You're doing the devil's work and claiming God. That's saying God's name in vain. Profanity, perjury, frivolity, and hypocrisy are all ways that we disrespect God's name and say it in vain. Let's finish. Number three, why does it matter? If it was no other reason than because God, we've defined him and he said his name matters. If it's no other reason than the fact that that great God has not given himself his blood to rescue us, to save us, that's a big one. But but if that's not enough, this is the only commandment that comes with a personal and a direct judgment when we disobey it. 
He says in 20, let's listen to the whole thing. Chapter 20 of Exodus, verse 7, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold guiltless. For the Lord will not hold guiltless anyone who takes his name in vain. His name matters. His name matters. In Leviticus, if somebody profaned or used God's name in vain, they would be stoned to death. In our own America, in the colonial times, in the 1600s, if someone was using God's name in vain, penalty included prison, a hot awl, A-W-L, driven through the tongue, or hanging. But I want you to know today, the greatest penalty of all for taking God's name in vain doesn't happen in this life. It happens in the next Because the greatest form of profaning God's name is to hear his name, what it represents and what he's done for us. And then to deny it access, to deny it his name or to not deny him access into our life to redeem us, to forgive us, to adopt us and to call us his own. If a person lives their whole life And they never do that. It's the greatest form of using God's name in vain. Because we know his name, but we refuse his name. Philippians chapter 2 verse 8 says, He, Jesus, humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And as a result, God highly exalted him. And gave him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Seniors, we're totally proud of you all. And I mean that. And your name has established a presence and a reputation of the nature and character of who you are. And there's some of us in this room that wish that we were 17, 18, 19 years old again so that we could change some of our steps and the patterns of our life so our name would be associated with better things. So we want to encourage you. And for the rest of us, maybe we have abused our name. Maybe we've ruined our name and maybe we have not been a positive ambassador of the glory of God's great name. I want you to know today that there is hope. Acts 4.12 says there is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given among people by which we must be saved. It's all in the name because the name matters. I'll finish with this. So when I was a little boy, I had great Christian parents. I had three brothers. And boys start learning colorful words. And my mom was very serious about the words we used. And if we used a cuss word, any cuss word, you pick, it didn't matter. She had a simple response. She would bring us straight in the house. We had to eat soap. Any soap eaters in the house? I am confident I had the cleanest mouth in our family And maybe the whole community. Because I ate soap all the time. I was a soap eater. Okay? 
I want you to know something. Although that was good to teach us, <laughs> unless you liked soap. I mean, it was good teacher not to use bad words. But I want you to know the words that come from our tongue is only, it's not the problem. You see, what proceeds out of our mouth is a problem with the condition of our heart. And we can wash our mouths out with soap until Jesus comes back and have a filthy heart. And we'll never be with God in heaven other than for judgment. Okay? So there's a greater cleansing that God extends to us. He says, let me wash your heart. And it'll change the condition of your mouth. And he says, I've done everything. I poured out my perfect, holy blood on a cross to wash your heart, your soul, and your life as white as snow. And so maybe today you've heard the story of Jesus. I want you to know, no bound, you don't have to bow, just look right here. God loves you right where you are, but he loves you way too much to leave you there. And he's done everything to take you to a new place. And it only happens through the name of Jesus. And maybe you're here today and you would like to receive that cleansing, not of your mouth, but in your soul. How do you do that? You simply say, God, I'm a sinner and I know it. I've tried to make me right and I have failed. And now I am reminded that what I could not do for myself, you chose to do for me. And you did it through Jesus on a cross. I want that Jesus to come into my life. I want to identify with his name, not just here, but for all of eternity in heaven. And you know what he does? He hears our prayer and he rescues us from us. And he calls us his own. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. God, we thank you for this incredible word from your word, Exodus 20. God, we thank you that you just call us out, tell us the truth. We thank you, God, that here the number three on the hit list is using your name in purity and holiness and not in vain. God, that one just kind of rattles our cage and we're sorry. We're not sorry because now we're aware. We're sorry because you deserve better. So moving forward, I ask that for myself and all of us, we just be careful in how we use your name. And God, I lift up our seniors today. I thank you so much for them. I thank you, God, that for the blessings that you've placed upon their life, for their gifts that you've placed within them. God, I thank you for the steps that they'll take in the future. I thank you for the accomplishments they'll make. I thank you, God, that the, that the, for the, uh, for the uh, relationships that they'll develop moving forward. And God, I pray that they will stand for you, that they will, they will identify with your name and that they will do it well. God, for the rest of the church, help us be as a church, people who point other people to the greatness of who you are because your name and your character and your nature has demonstrated your love toward us through Jesus. And we thank you for him and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope that God spoke to you through this message. If you enjoyed the message, be sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast 
and visit our website at sturkey.church to find all the latest information and upcoming events. Be sure to join us again next week. Until then, may God bless you.